my lovely lovely people guess what the sun is back out and lauren's positive energy has radiated from within her <laughs> i am such a weather person like if it is cloudy i am depressed if it is sunny i am the happiest person in the entire world and i don't know why it's just the sun gives me energy it, it literally like feeds into my soul and i absolutely love the sun <laughs> Um, so yes, I am currently sitting outside, so if you hear any birds, um, it is nature saying hello to you. That's how I like to think of it. Makes me happy. Anyways, with that, I hope you are having a fantastic Monday, either morning, afternoon, or night. And I am sending out positive energy that you have a fantastic week, and guess what? We have a holiday coming up! Who doesn't love a little holiday break? So, the 4th of July is coming up quickly i can't believe it's already july i feel like june just like kind of came and went in literally a day but yeah so it is almost july wow crazy i feel like around this time of year this is when everyone starts to go to backyard grill outs and everyone starts to hang out on the weekends and has dinner together and all of that and as you know this brings along a lot of troubles for people who have celiac disease because any party or anything that revolves around food obviously has an impact on someone that has celiac disease and it can be really hard to make yourself feel included and a lot of preparation um, goes into going to these events and it can be exhausting socially, mentally, and physically. So today's episode, I am going to go into how you can have a safe 4th of July grill out party or if you're going to any party that involves food, um, how you can kind of make yourself feel included and how you can eat options wherever you are to make sure that they are safe for you to eat and what brands that you might find at these parties that are safe for you to eat and different things like that so that you can have a good time and feel included as well and feel like you're actually enjoying and having you know, a good social time. Before I got diagnosed with celiac disease, I was like, oh, like you just, you don't realize how, how big of an impact food has on socialization until the ability to eat the food there totally goes away. And then, then you get the people like, oh, I'm so sorry, you can't eat anything. Or then you get the other people who are like, oh my God, I made you something gluten-free. And I'm like, oh yeah, really? Cross-contamination free? I don't think so, sister. <laughs> So we're going to talk through how to navigate all of that. Um, before I get into that, though, if you haven't already, it would mean the world to me if you could write a review. If you've listened to my previous podcast, if you were enjoying it, um, it would mean the world to me if you could write a review on how it's affected you in your journey um, or any topics that you want me to discuss on next podcasts. Um, if you are looking to see my everyday action, you can give me a follow on Instagram at eatglutenfreewithme. I usually keep up on my stories every single day on there. I just love to talk, so those are great for me. Um, and then if you want everyday just videos from TikTok, you can follow me at eatglutenfreewithme. Um, that's my bigger platform. And I love, I love all my gluten-free communities. I can't believe there's like 13,000 of you like that's crazy to me it's so funny because I mean I'm like a I'm a very much an extrovert but like I really only have like three friends so, so um actually I guess I'll just go into this so I've been like recording myself I've had like private accounts where I um like record myself and just put my everyday life on there for literally so many years like I would say at least four or five years now like since I was a freshman in college and then I created 
the TikTok account, like, just kind of for therapy for myself, like, it just felt good to, like, put it out there and see if anyone could relate to it. And I'm just, I feel natural in front of the camera because I've grown up with my dad having a video recorder in my face. And we've just grown up always, like, recording everything we do. So in my head, I was like, oh, like, I always record whatever I do with my friends. And I post that on different accounts. And I love making little, like, um, cinematic films for my own Instagram account. And then I was like, screw it. I'll do it for my celiac account and see if I can create, like, a gluten-free community of people who can relate to me. And I never expected it to ever go this far. And I am so grateful for all the connections and the friendships that I've made through this account. And I really thank you guys for, you know, being engaging and messaging me. And some of you text me, some of you call me, some of you Snapchat me. And I absolutely love it. I love interacting with you guys. So if you ever have any questions, really feel free. I can't talk. Feel free. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Feel free to reach out um, to me through Instagram DM if you want to talk more. Um, If you know, if you message me, you definitely know I usually only send voice memos because I am always emailing all day at work and I'm like the last thing I want to do when I get off of work is like text but I love to talk so if you message me you will probably be getting a voice memo back but hey I like to have a real conversation so it's fun but anyways that was just a little thank you to all you guys and a little synopsis of my short film life that I've kind of always lived and I didn't really ever think this was going to happen so it's been fun and I'm excited to see where it will go in the future and hopefully one day we can all meet up like I really want to make that happen I don't know where and how but I really want to bring the community together in person um I know I've talked about starting a celiac support group so I'm kind of working on something there and maybe one day we will all get to see each other in person I don't know but I'm excited I'm so excited for all this to my other podcast you know that I like to ramble on random subjects all the time so I should probably get into what you actually want me to talk about how to have a safe fourth of July weekend because that is not this week but that is next Monday so I wanted to release this podcast a week early so you guys have time to listen to it and then be able to take everything that I say into account for the upcoming holiday So let's talk about why a lot of backyard parties are unsafe to eat at because maybe you eat at them all the time and you're not aware that they are high cross-contamination points and it's just very risky to eat um, other people's food in general when you do have celiac disease. I'm sure most people are aware of this, but if you are newly diagnosed, you might not be aware um, like how serious you should take it and that you really shouldn't trust other people to cook your food when it comes to cross-contamination. Um, So the reason that I find most of these parties very unsafe is because they usually take all the food, the food that even can be gluten-free, and they'll put it on like a massive table for everyone, kind of just like cafeteria style to kind of like go grab what you want. And there's no really monitoring of like what's touching what, is gluten away from other gluten um, or gluten-free away from other gluten products, stuff like that. So the issue comes down to like, say for example, there's like a salad sitting out. Salads are most of the time gluten-free unless there's like croutons in it or some sort of like wonton, something like that. So say the salad's gluten-free and it's next to the hamburger buns that have gluten in them and that someone uses like the spoon from the salad to grab a hot dog one. I know this is like very like random, but (laughs) maybe not be the case, but it's just very easy for, um, 
like utensils that are in gluten products to go into gluten-free products without anybody really noticing because there's no one kind of monitoring that. Uh, like, for example, if you had like a pasta salad next to your salad that's gluten-free and someone used the same spoon to grab the salad as they did for the pasta salad. So it's a kind of like a really tricky situation. Um, even when it comes to like bags of chips, if people leave bags of chips out and they're eating their hamburger and then they stick into the bag of chips with their gluten hands, then that whole bag of chips is cross-contaminated with gluten. So if you ate that, then you were probably going to get sick. Um, same thing comes to, when it comes to drinks, like if there's jungle juice or whatever kind of mixed cocktails that people are making, you don't really know what's going into those. Obviously, you can ask them, you know, what did they put in it? But it's more safe to drink something that's prepackaged that says gluten-free on it, like a White Claw or um, a Spike Cider or something like that, versus drinking like a mixed cocktail that somebody made that you don't really know what's in it. Um, so there's just a bunch of different cross-contamination points. Um, even same with grills. If especially on 4th of July because hot dogs and hamburgers are really big during this time and during this holiday. If somebody is grilling on a grill like hot dog buns and hamburger buns and then say you're cooking your gluten-free burger on that same grill, that's cross-contaminated right there. So these are a couple different areas that I kind of want to go through on how you can protect yourself um, from this occurring. So first I want to start by talking about the preparation that I personally would put into going to a social event or any type of outdoor grill or any type of party. Though this may not be what you want to hear, the most safe route to take is to bring your own food. So I'm going to kind of go through you know, why that's the best option and different ways to prepare that food, especially for 4th of July. So the first reason why I recommend bringing your own food is because you never know what's going to be at these parties. Yeah, they might have burgers and they may have hot dogs and salads, but there's so many sources of cross-contamination. Also, not all hot dogs are gluten-free, sadly. So it's better to just come with food that you know is gluten-free. You don't have to risk getting sick. You don't have to risk ruining your night, ruining your week, ruining your month. You want to come and be able to enjoy yourself safely without any worry or an anxiety behind that. So whenever I know there's a holiday coming up or an event or a social party, I always buy things that I know I can eat ahead of time. So when it comes to the 4th of July, some different things that I'm going to list off are different things that I have found at these type of parties, especially like grill outs. Um, so like I'll bring my own bag of chips. Um, I'll bring a cooked or maybe a non-cooked hot dog, depending on if you know what the grill situation is like, where you're going. Um, I always bring my own hot dog rolls um, or burger rolls and a little small dessert that I can enjoy for myself. By doing this, you're kind of preparing yourself to be less disappointed versus if you show up with no food and there's nothing for you to eat. And then that's when that kind of stress comes in. You're going to get hangry maybe because you can't find options for you to eat. You're going to feel disappointed. Um, and maybe you might have a bit of social anxiety because you can't really fit in with the other people around you. So I find that preparing and bringing my own meals that I know are safe helps to kind of combat all of those things. And helps for you to feel included, which is such a big part of battling celiac disease. How do you make yourself feel included when everyone around you is eating food that you can't eat? And that is something that I have had to kind of overcome over these past six years. I would say when I first got diagnosed, I would just sit there and watch other people eat and 
they're always like, oh, I feel so bad. I wish you could eat. And I, in my head, I was like, yeah, I do too. But now it's like, oh, I feel so bad. I wish you could eat something. And at the same time, I'm like, yeah, no, it's okay. Like, because I don't even want to risk getting sick. Like to me, I feel okay watching you eat because I know I'm safe. All about flipping your mindset and how you view the situation. And over the past years of having celiac disease, I think these years have allowed me to switch my mindset to be more positive versus kind of being like, oh, I hate having celiac disease, I hate my life, why me? It's like, okay, well, this is your life. There's nothing you can do to change it. So the only thing you can do is change your mindset to view this more positively. And overall, that will make you a happier person in general. So I'm going to walk through an, an example meal of something that I would normally bring. Like, I'm going to a 4th of July grill out, and this is what I'm probably going to bring. This is kind of my sensitive tummy edition. Also... Well, if you don't know, I do have celiac, IBS, and Crohn's disease. Um, I would say my biggest factors are making sure I don't eat my trigger foods with my IBS, which are grains and sugars and legumes. Um, and if I avoid those foods, then my celiac disease won't flare up. But um, at the same time, cross-contamination is a huge factor. So my Crohn's disease is really controlled. Like, I don't I haven't been having issues with that, so... Right now, it's just my celiac and my IBS. And if I flare up and I eat something with my IBS, I have bloating for so long and it causes my celiac symptoms to flare. So everything's interconnected. Your gut is connected to your mind. And when I feel sick in my stomach, it goes right to my head. And then I feel shitty all the way around. So it's always a balancing game. So this is something that I would bring to a 4th of July party that would most likely make me feel good and I wouldn't, you know, feel sick after and if I if my tummy doesn't feel sick then I'm happy because my mind feels okay too. So, an example would be I'm probably going to bring like a chicken, lamb or steak skewer with me, so I just buy these little like paper um not paper. <laughs> Those would catch on fire. <laughs> um little wood skewers and you soak them in water so that they don't burn on the grill and then you'll chop up some vegetables um I usually buy zucchini pepper and pineapple I know some people also do like onion on it because of my IBS I stay away from onion and garlic so I vouch to do most likely a lean meat and chicken is lean so I'll probably do chicken zucchini pepper and pineapple and I will make a couple of those because if I make five or six of those, that can get me through like an entire week. And if I want, I can freeze those too and then just take them out when I want to eat them. So it's all about figuring <laughs> out, you know, the best ways to do things. Sometimes it's better to buy in bulk because if you freeze it, you have things when you need it. And with having celiac disease and always having to make your own food, sometimes you need an easy go-to option. So those chicken skewers are my go-to. But again, if you don't like chicken, you can do like steak skewers. I've done swordfish skewers, lamb skewers. All of those are great options and they're all pretty lean meats. Um, steak probably being the least lean meat. Um, so lean meat is better for your stomach if you have a sensitive tummy. An example, side dish. <laughs> I just like tried to drink my water and I spilled it all over myself and I'm too lazy to like go get a towel to wipe it up. So I'm like sitting here in a puddle of my own water. Um, anyways, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm like pretending like that didn't happen, but it did. Um, one of my favorite side dishes that I'm definitely bring to like every grill out 
is a poppy seed cabbage slaw salad. It is the best thing in the entire universe. Like, get down, get a pen and paper right now because, like, you have to write this down. So, you're going to go to the grocery store and buy, like, pre-bagged slaw. Like, they usually just sell, like, a bag of slaw. I think Trader Joe's does that, too. Um, I know Hannaford does. But that's, I think that's a New York local store. I don't know. So, buy a bag of cabbage slaw. And it will usually have, like, carrots in it and lettuce and cabbage and all of that jazz um and then grab an apple and you're gonna dice that whole apple up throw that in with your slaw then you want to get cranberries and sliced almonds and throw that into your bowl with your lettuce or your slaw and um your apple as well and then I always get the skinny girl poppy seed dressing which you can find like anywhere probably whole foods will have it that's probably the most universal grocery store that I have near me. Um, and you mix that all together. And let me tell you, it is the world's best side salad in the entire universe. I just had it last night for dinner. And I am obsessed. It's literally so good. So I highly recommend. And with chicken on top, like grilled chicken. Mm, now we are speaking my lingo. It's literally so amazing. Um, so I'll do the chicken skewer with the slaw salad and for some sort of carb, I'll probably do like a tabbouleh quinoa salad. Um, so basically I take like a half cup of quinoa and I chop up some mint leaves, some cucumber and some tomatoes and you can do like kalmata olives. I think that's how you say it. I could be wrong though. I'm not very good at pronouncing words like that. <laughs> um, those like salty like brownish purplish olives um and then once you have all that in a bowl you drizzle some olive oil salt pepper apple cider vinegar or r red wine vinegar and lemon juice mix that all together and you got like a nice tabbouleh salad and it's amazing so that is the extent of like a dinner that i would bring to a cookout with me obviously that's kind of intense kind of extreme but i'm an extreme person and honestly, none of that really takes that long to make. Like, that total would probably make... That'd probably take me 30 minutes to make in total. Maybe 45. Um, but if you want something easier, you could just do literally grilled chicken with uh, a side salad of, like, just an easy side salad with, like, cucumber, tomato, sliced almonds, and then a side of quinoa with, like, Parmesan cheese on top. That is, like, 20-minute meal. So you could do that instead, but I always like to give the extreme version just in case you're feeling snazzy. So let's go through some other popular dinner options that you might want to have at your 4th of July party. Um, I know I just mentioned maybe some of these, but I'm just going to go through it again. Um, so maybe you just want to do some grilled chicken. Love grilled chicken. It's a staple. My favorite marinades that are certified gluten-free are from the new Primal. They are so clean and... Nothing has added sugar in it. It's all sweetened with pineapple juice, which is absolutely amazing. And again, the ingredients list is literally so clean. So that's the marinade and their seasonings that I recommend when it comes to chicken. Um, if you want to get more snazzy with your chicken, you can do like a walnut crusted chicken tender. I absolutely love them. I think it's called, there's a girl on Instagram, Paleo Running Mama. Um, and she has a website and has a recipe on her website for her walnut crushed chicken tenders and they're so amazing. Or maybe you want to do chicken wings, which is also like a great 4th of July um, party option, which again, I would probably use the marinade from the new Primal because that is my favorite and the healthiest option I think there is.
Obviously, when you're at a cookout, there are hot dogs and hamburgers, and who doesn't want to get themselves one of those? So when it comes to hot dogs, I recommend the brand Applegate. Super clean ingredients. Again, a lot of hot dogs actually contain gluten in them, which was really surprising when I first got diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, so that's why I recommend Applegate. They are certified gluten-free. You can find them at Target, Walmart, or Whole Foods. There are other gluten-free um, hot dog options, but a lot of them are very processed, and I like Applegate's because they are not very processed. Um, so yeah, that's the one that I would recommend. And when it comes to burgers, I would recommend eating grass-fed burger meat but if you can't get that or it's maybe out of your price range always just go for the normal hamburger meat and you can bring that with you to grill on somebody else's grill maybe we just put that on foil or maybe you grill that before you come and you can enjoy that if you are vegan and you don't like meat um hillary's veggie burgers are certified gluten-free and they are very tasty some um, side options that you may want to eat along with your burger, hot dog, or chicken. Um, I have a summer salad that I really love to make. It's just with arugula, goat cheese. Um, I usually do like sugar-coated pecans, which I buy from... Oh no, I can't remember the brand. Ah, I forget. It'll come to me. Nope, it's not coming to me. Um, <laughs> and then I add some pear and cranberries, and then I literally just season it with salt, pepper, olive oil, and lemon juice. Mmm literally so amazing and you can add like a balsamic glaze on that for some little extra taste so good um i would probably do for a card maybe some roasted carrots i usually just buy roasted like mini roasted not mini mini carrots from trader joe's and i throw them in olive oil salt pepper and like oregano and then i throw them in the air fryer for like 10 minutes and they get so crispy it's so amazing another option would be a caprese salad um basil's in season so you could grab some fresh basil from your garden or maybe at the grocery store layer that with some tomato mozzarella cheese olive oil and a balsamic glaze and maybe a little bit of salt so freaking delicious or maybe you want a french fry you could do like a sweet potato fry white potato fries japanese sweet potato fries mm, those are amazing if you've never had a japanese sweet potato i need you to run to the grocery store trader joe's has them yeah, get them from Trader Joe's. They are so good. So I don't love sweet potatoes because I find them like a little too sweet for me. I don't know. I don't, I love a white potato. I don't love a sweet potato. But Japanese sweet potato is like a white sweet potato that's not as sweet. And it's a little more starchy. I don't know. It's so amazing. It's just something you have to try to know what it tastes like. It is great and a fully amazing experience. And I definitely recommend it guys podcasts always get me man like you talk for so long and i talk so fast i literally lose my breath but okay i'm ready leave these snippets in because i don't like to cut or edit my podcast i like to be as natural as i can with you guys because whatever it's fun it's like why edit it why make everything so superficial and so not natural it's like i like for you guys to actually feel like i'm talking to you versus me editing a podcast and cutting it here cutting this out adding this like nah i'm giving you the real lauren okay let's move on to dessert because dessert is better than any meal in the entire universe like i fish i just picture breakfast as like the dessert option of the day you know it's like i could have like a piece of cake for breakfast because it's sweet you know i'm a sweet breakfast girl not a savory girl but um 
Ah, I love dessert. Dessert is one of my favorites. So one of my favorite desserts that actually makes my stomach feel amazing is berries and cream. And it's so freaking good. And that's like my go-to option when I go out to restaurants as well. So if you need a dessert option to bring with you, you can bring berries like strawberries, raspberries, blueberries. And if you can handle dairy and do normal whipped cream, you can do that. Or if you can't handle dairy, you can do coconut whipped cream. And you can actually just make that with coconut, like the Thai coconut milk. Um, Just whip that up really fast with a little high-speed blender. And it is so good. It's literally crack. Um, You can also make banana ice cream if you have access to like a Vitamix or a high-power blender wherever you are and you're not like a massive party. Um, It's basically just frozen bananas, a scoop of cacao powder, um, like I would say about six dates, um, raw cacao nibs and a splash of like milk that could be almond milk, coconut milk, normal milk, whatever you have. Um, and that makes a little banana ice cream. So freaking yummy. It's almost like an acai bowl, but for dessert. I'm putting this as an option because my mom made this for me yesterday and it was freaking to die for. She made me a berry tart, an almond flour tart, and it didn't make me blow at all. Like, I literally had it for lunch, and it was so amazing. Um, anytime I bake, I use almond flour, and it does not hurt my stomach. But I, if I use, like, normal flour and bake with, like, sugar, heck no. My tummy's going down the drain. So an almond flour berry tart would be a good option, or even an almond flour um, crumble. My mom was like, do you want me to make you a blueberry almond almond flour crumble? And I was like, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. So, you know, all of those options are red, white, and blue. So I feel like, you know, it's a good, good way to celebrate 4th of July. But maybe you don't want to bring your own food. Maybe that's, maybe that's not an option. So let's go out. I mean, we're not going out. I mean, if you want to go out with me, I would really like that. But that is off topic, Lauren, and you're using the wrong words. Let's talk about things to watch out for if you're at a 4th of July party and you want to eat there um, because maybe you don't have time to cook gluten-free things or you don't have time to pick something up on your way. So let's get into it, sister. So I would say let's talk about the grill first because most things at a grill party or an outdoor 4th of July party are being grilled because everyone wants to be outside in the sunshine and... Who doesn't love grilled food? I mean, I love a charred grill hot dog and hamburger, I gotta say. As I mentioned before, some hot dogs do contain gluten. So I recommend bringing your own. But again, if that is not an option and they have hot dogs there that have not yet been grilled or they are being grilled, make sure you ask the host of the party for the packaging so that you can check and see on Google if that brand is gluten-free. You want to check that before you eat it, <laughs> as you probably know. Um, so yeah, and I would say after that, after the hot dog is cooked and you found out that it is or is not gluten-free, assume that it is gluten-free. Um, the solution to being able to eat it there is to grill the hot dog, obviously, with no bun, assuming that they don't have any gluten-free bun- buns or any gluten-free bread. If they have gluten-free bread but no buns, all you have to do is take that piece of gluten-free bread. You can either cut it in half because it will probably crumble in half. Or you can take it like one slice of bread and wrap it around your hot dog. Um, 
Or if you don't want bread, maybe grains bother your stomach like they bother me, you can get a piece of romaine lettuce, uh, which is usually pretty long, and you can wrap your hot dog in like a lettuce wrap and add some ketchup and mayo onto that. Super yummy. When it comes to the grill, you want to make sure that the grill is clean and that they're not grilling any hot dog or hamburger buns on the grill because that is a big source of cross-contamination. If they are and you have no way to avoid that, then all you have to do is get a piece of foil and put that on the grill before placing your hot dog down and then you're safe. Like seriously, it's foil is your best friend. Anything that you cook on a grill that may have had gluten on it, just pop foil down. If you're cooking veggies, corn, pop the foil down. Literally, it's amazing. I personally don't use foil. I have a little grill pan that I can put on my grill that has holes through it. And you can buy reusable ones at like the dollar store. But I have a metal one and I use it every day. So highly recommend. But if you don't have either of those options, foil is your best friend. Now say again, you want a hamburger. The solution to being able to eat a hamburger, most hamburgers won't have any sort of gluten in them but some people put breadcrumbs in their hamburger to kind of help stick together so again just consult with whoever's having the party and be like hi just want to make sure like what's in the burgers just so that you know if um if there's any spices in the burgers make sure you check the packaging and the labels on those just to make sure they are truly gluten-free because obviously you don't want to get yourself sick again if they're cooking like hamburger or hot dog buns on the grill or you don't know what has been on the grill just ask them to put a piece of foil down, cook your burger on that. Also, when it comes to burgers, you want to make sure that they are not using the same spatula as all the other burgers in case they do have gluten in them. Or if they are cooking hot dog and hamburger buns on the grill, make sure that they're using a different utensil to pick your burger up so they're not having those cross-contamination occur from the hot dog bun or the hamburger bun to your burger. Again, if they don't have gluten-free bread, lettuce wrap is always a good option or just no bun in general. So some of the biggest sources of cross-contamination at parties is that people put their food out cafeteria style and anyone can kind of come and go and get their food as they wish. Um, if there is gluten-free food that you can eat, my biggest tip to you is to get to the party as early as you can, like maybe before it starts, and you should be the first one to get dibs on all of the food. By, the, by you getting your gluten-free food first before anyone else has touched anything, you are eliminating a whole, whole bunch of cross-contamination because no one has accidentally used the utensil to pick up a hot dog bun and then picked up a hot dog at the same time with that same spatula. People accidentally use the same utensils along different cafeteria-style foods just because they're not focusing on like cross-contamination like we are. So my biggest suggestion to you is to make sure that you are the first person to get your food when it is time to eat or when that item that you can eat is placed. Obviously, if if there's gluten food out with gluten-free food and there are not separate spoons in all of the dishes, then I highly recommend that you don't take the risk. But if there's separate spoons in all the dishes and you're confident that no one has cross-contaminated or accidentally put a utensil in the wrong item, then you can take that risk and try to eat it. But again, that's just highly risky and I really don't recommend doing that because there's just high chances that you're going to get cross-contaminated and your night will be ruined. As blunt as that sounds, it's honestly just the harsh reality and I want to keep you as safe as possible. That is my number one priority. So that is why I kind of put it like that.
Now, if you're close with the person who is having the party, you can ask them to keep all gluten-free items in a separate room. But again, if you're going to a party where you're not as comfortable to ask that information, that might be more um, like not accessible or something that you may not want to ask the host to do. But that is also a great option because if your gluten-free food is in a separate room, people are less likely to just go up and find that food and then contaminate it. Or maybe they take part of the gluten-free food that you can eat and put it in a separate dish before putting it out to be served. And then they put that in a separate room for you so that you can go back and get seconds if you want that. That is also a great option to do. Just communication is key. If you can communicate to the host how severe your um, diseases and they really take it seriously then you can be okay but if this is someone that you're not as comfortable with and you don't really want to communicate that with um it's sometimes easier to just bring your own food and be like sorry i can't eat anything and then they're like oh okay that's fine like i feel more comfortable doing that but again that's not an option for everyone as i stated before when it comes to grilling foil is your best friend or a grill pan those are my two biggest options um so when it comes to dessert, um, s'mores are a really big thing on 4th of July. I mean, who doesn't love an ooey gooey s'more? If you're going to tell me you don't like a s'more, like, come on. No, you have to. It's so freaking good. Like, a sugary graham cracker with a drippy, drippy marshmallow and some dark chocolate. Like, girl, it don't get no better than that. Like, seriously. So I'm here to tell you that not all s'mores are gluten-free. And that sucks, but guess what? We have options. Walmart, their marshmallows are gluten-free. Not all marshmallows are gluten-free. Life is not fun for us, you know? It's just not. And I am a marshmallow addict. I will pop those things like they are freaking cherries. They are amazing, um, and I could eat a whole bag in one day. So I can tell you that the Walmart marshmallows are gluten-free. They literally say gluten-free on them. Um, Walmart, I know, is a bit sketch. I've seen that they have pasta brands, past, like pastas that say gluten-free and they're not actually gluten-free. I have not gotten sick off the marshmallows. And let me tell you, I have eaten a lot of them. So I think you're safe with the Walmart marshmallows. Um, when it comes to graham crackers, the Char brand has the best graham crackers. I think they're called honey grams or something, but they are so amazing. They're not hard as a rock they are in between like soft and hard like they're just not stale you know they're just so good i eat them with peanut butter all the time mm, amazing and i just use hershey's chocolate basic yeah basic affordable hershey's chocolate yum and there's just more grab a stick and light that baby on fire and i know i'm jumping all over the place because my outline is going all over the place but when it comes to sides for your dinner, if all else fails, this is an option that you can ask to do if you're worried about cross-contamination when it comes to your side options or your food in general or anything that's laid out in like a cafeteria style. So say there's a salad and you're not sure who's taken from the salad and you're not sure if the utensils um, have been like mixed up or if there's cross-contamination occurring. Um... Go to the host and be like, hey, do you have any extra lettuce and the toppings that are in the salad? And if they're like, yeah, just be like, oh, would you mind if I make myself just a fresh batch just to make sure that I'm like not going to get sick? But like, if not, no worries. But if that is possible, like that would be amazing. And most of the time they're going to say, oh my God, yeah, no worries. 
And then you can make yourself a fresh salad and you can eat what everyone else is eating. And that is amazing. Um, I'd rather you choose to do that and to be safe than to take the risk and eat the salad and get very sick from it. And if you're getting any grilled chicken from somebody, say you're going to eat the chicken or there's like pasta salad that's gluten free, blah, blah, blah. You want to make sure that when it comes to marinade spices and dressings like salad dressings that you're reading the ingredients on the bottle. All of those things like spices, marinades, and dressings, they all hide secret wheat. I don't know how, I don't know why, but they all do in some way, shape, or form. So unless the bottle says certified gluten-free or gluten-free on it, I do not recommend eating or drinking it. I mean, I hope you're not drinking a marinade or dressing, but that just came out of my mouth. I don't know. And lastly, we are going to talk about alcohol. So if you're not 18 plus, scoot your boot scoot your butt not your boot oh my god i literally can't talk this is why i can't make podcasts past like 12 p.m because it's nine o'clock at night right now and my brain is like a scattered it's funny right it makes you laugh i hope that you're laughing because sure makes me laugh um anyways so when it comes to alcohol i don't personally drink but i have drank in the past and I know gluten-free alcohol, so I'm gonna share it with you in case you are an alcohol gal. So, as probably many of you know, White Claws are the go-to gluten-free clean seltzer, which is just like <clears throat> seltzer water with vodka. See, I don't like bubbles. I don't like carbonation, so to me, it's like, bleh. but um, if it's got no bubbles, it tastes really good to me, but White Claws are a good option. Mostly our, all hard seltzers are usually gluten-free. Obviously, always check the packaging, but that is what I have seemed to seen. Um, wine is gluten-free. I know there has been some... I've seen some controversy over if wine is gluten-free. I've drank a lot of wine, I gotta tell you. I've drank a lot of white wine, and I've never gotten sick off of it. I actually feel good after I drink wine. So, I'm gonna say it's gluten-free. I don't know why it really wouldn't be. Some people say the cork or the... The um, barrel that it like uh, sits in may not be gluten-free, but I've never had an issue with wine. Um, another option would be any hard liquor. So like vodka, literally any hard liquor is gluten-free. Um, even if it's made from like wheat, rye, or barley during the di distillation process, it actually takes the wheat out of the um, hard liquor. So you can have any hard liquor mixed with a juice. Um, the only things that you really can't have, which I had to learn the hard way, um, spiked iced tea. I had that a couple weeks ago, didn't know that had malt in it, so that was amazing. And same with, like, spiked lemonades, like Mike's Hard, those have gluten in them. And the Ulner Palmer spiked iced tea that has malt in it. So, yeah, be careful about that. Obviously, you can make your own, just take iced tea and vodka and mix it together, or, like, lemonade and vodka. And that is amazing, that is yummy. Obviously, you probably know this, but no beer unless it is gluten-free beer. I've never had a gluten-free beer in my entire life, so I cannot tell you good brands. I cannot tell you what it tastes like, but I do know that there are gluten-free beer options. Um, and other than that, I would say stay away from jungle juice and like any mixed drinks that people make and like a huge Tupperware because you have no idea what they're putting in those. A lot of additives to drinks can have gluten in them, um, so it's better to just have a packaged drink and for it to say gluten-free on it. Oh, I forgot to mention, cider is also usually, hard cider is usually gluten-free as well, so that is another good option. So 
that is my little take on alcohol. I think one of my last points that I want to make is obviously if you show up to a party and someone says, oh my god, I made you this gluten-free thing. Um, what I do is I say, oh my god, thank you. I'm actually not hungry, but I'm going to take it home with me. And then you don't eat it and you throw it away when you get home. And I know, I sound like a bitch, but I am not letting you risk your health for something that someone made gluten-free for you. Unless you know that they know what cross-contamination is and that they are actually going to take that seriously and not cross-contaminate anything in, I don't know, like seriously, I get so nervous. So if you are 100% confident that you can eat what they made, then go ahead and give it a try. But I... I have little faith in people, let me tell you. I don't think it's worth ruining your day or even risking ruining your day. And I've literally had someone make me something and then they sit there and they're like, oh, can you eat it in front of me? Like, come on, you got to try it. It's so yummy. So they like stare at me and they wait till I eat it. And I just say like, ah, my tongue's bothering me right now. Like, I just really don't want to eat this right now. Like, I appreciate it so much, but I will definitely try one later. That is my escape route. And if that doesn't work, well, then I don't know what to say. Because I've had it not work before, and I've, like, had to eat something in front of someone, and it scared the shit out of me. But I didn't get sick. But stick up for yourself. If I've learned anything over the couple years, it's that you got to stick up for your health and stick up for, for you. Because your health case is different from theirs, from someone who doesn't have celiac. And they don't really understand the anxiety that comes behind that. Okay, my lovely people, now it is time for me to wish you a happy 4th of July. I know that is next week, but that is fast approaching. I hope you have an amazing grill out. I hope that all of these tips help you, help to keep you safe and cross-contamination free. And I hope you feel like you're involved in the party and you can socialize and you feel like you're a part and you're welcome and you're included because that was the whole part of this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram. Fortunately, if you try to DM me on TikTok, I won't get the message because we both have to be following each other. And since I don't follow a lot of my followers on TikTok, just because there's so many to keep up with, that I won't get your message. So DM me on Instagram. I see all those messages. I respond to those every day. And I would love to be able to help you out if you have any questions. And my TikTok is at eatglutenfreewithme. And my Instagram is at eat.glutenfreewithme. Okay, love you guys. Have a good 4th of July. Bye.